What we're going to present today is the beginnings of the uh, family and marriage, and I'm so privileged to have my family with me here today supporting me. It's always good to have your family supporting you, isn't it? Amen? And so, you know, we've kind of started this, uh, like Connie said, on the 27th. We've done two webinars in the youth ministry, which were on love and protect. And uh, you can go online and download that from the website, because I think that's an important subject. When we think about love and we think about God and we think about his family, he's very protectful, he's very jealous. And so I want to present the subject of what love's got to do with it, but I've got to say first thank you to Colin, thank you to the team here, and thank you for this opportunity. I've been here a long time, I've been here over 30 years, and uh, it's the first time actually I'm sharing a message, preaching a message on the stage. I've taught at the Bible school, I've taught the students, and I've done all these types of things, but today I'm presenting on behalf of the family and marriage. And so it's a massive topic, you know, when you think about family, Colin's already shared about, you know, uh, this uh, PIMS or whatever it's called, and, and there's so many difficult situations, and I've come across the question of what's, got, what's love got to do with it many times, and it's not just a Tina Turner song, it's a question that everybody kind of feels, and, um, and so by way of in, uh, uh, introduction, I want to just start off and pose a question, because many of us try to understand this whole topic of love and the relationship between that. And so the other week there, when we were addressing love and protect, there was two folds. So protect was talking about the technologies, protecting the children, the families from online abuses and stuff like that. And the love was to do with family and relationships because everybody's under pressure. Everybody's feeling the strain. And, um, you know, at times it's not the most easiest things for us to address, but we know that we have to address it. We have to step into that void. And so sometimes when we're trying to present and trying to get an understanding, people don't, understand, they don't really get where we're coming from when we talk about love. And so it's not just an emotion, it's not just a feeling, but it's someone who is very real. And so I just want to share this because when I grew up around here, I'm a local boy, grow up down the road, Labrick Grove. I now live in South London, you can hear my Cockney accent. So I'm a Londoner and uh, I thank God for London. I thank God for the UK. I thank God what he's doing in our neighbourhoods. And we have lots of testimonies where we've seen God working. And so, you know, sometimes your circumstances can sort of dictate where, how you respond. And for me, what God's love shows is that we need to respond. And so I have a, a verse uh, in 1 John 4, 7, uh, and it goes to verse 11. But let's start with verse, the first uh, three verses, two verses. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God, and whoever loves has been born and knows, is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so when I think about that verse, when I think about the impact of that beginning, from the beginning verses there, and we're going to go on, I'm just going to stop there, is that 
for me, love was an encounter. You know, I, when I was growing up, it wasn't just uh, uh, overcoming the situations, uh, overcoming, uh, you know, the challenges that life comes to you, what throws at you sometimes. And we know it's in lockdown. We know that we have to find a way through. And for me, uh, that happened in 1985, just down the road at Queen's Park Rangers Football Club. I got born again. Hallelujah. It's so good to be born again, isn't it? Because my question, like this question, what love got to do with it, was, was quite big. Because for me, you know, life was very challenging. Brokenness, you know, lots of hurt. And that's how it might be for some of us today. You're watching online, you're here in the building, and something or someone's hurt you, and you find it hard to love again. You find it hard to embrace love because love sometimes is not what people assume it is. And according to the Bible, love is much deeper than just words. Love is an action. It's what we do, how we interact with one another. You know, we as a family have been through lots of challenges, but God has been good to us because in our marriage, we invited Christ into it. And I know that it's only because of him. When I was growing up, I didn't know about how to be a good husband. I have to be a good father. Who knows those things? Anyone here? Any experts? There's no real experts in that area, but we know that we have a God who is very caring, very protective, very focused, and very clear in the way that we are to love. And so when I came into this encounter back in 85, um, my whole life was uh, rearranged. And uh, sure, I met my wife back then. We'd been together. She was 19, I was 21. So I was still a boy. And boys sometimes get a bit nervous about entering relationships, entering the covenant. You know, I did. Many men struggled with that. The big C word, commitment, let alone covenant, which is the same thing to me. We took communion. And that's the union of God that we have. And when I think of community, I think of our common unity. What makes us uh, a, multi, uh, a multinational nation well, from, every, from every people group here? If you reach London, I believe you can reach the world. You know, it's so cosmopolitan, it's so mixed. And this area where, of Notting Hill was one of the first places where they was faced with challenges of mixing people together. You know, the Windrush uh, uh, wind generation, they came to Notting Hill, to Pannington, and they worked in various jobs and stuff and helped with the infrastructure. But we're not talking about race today. We're talking about relationship. And so how do we strengthen these relationships? Well, if God is love, what's our response? And so, as we look at it in verse 9, it says, in this, in this love of God, oh, sorry, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God loved, and not that we loved him, that, uh, not that we have loved him, we have loved God, sorry, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the, propitiat- the propitiation of our sins. And it says, beloved If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
Now, this is the key in the church because so many things that we, we try to do and we try to exemplify, sometimes we try too hard. We can't fix each other. We can't mend all the situations of people's life. And the love and marriage giant is not about trying to fix people, but to invite the God who is love into the situation to help us, to give us confidence, to give us the boldness, to give us the courage to continue. And so, you know, when I think about love, I think about all the things that I've learned. I didn't have a male role model, and many of young people uh, who grew up didn't have these role models in their life. And so what do you do when you don't have a role model? What do you do when you don't have you know, someone to, to guide you along. You know, I've always said to my children, it's so good that we are married. It's got mom and dad at home. They got, you know, we're not experts. We're not professionals. We're not, we, we don't get everything right. But, you know, when it comes to our children, we're fiercely protective. When it comes to our children, we love them more, but we don't love them more than God. Because I always tell them, you know, God loves you. I'm your dad, but he's your father. And it's so important to know that, that, you can have a dad and you can even have many dads and you can have many mothers. But there's, a, there's, there's Abba Father. He's the only father that really can knit us together, weave us together, bind us together. And so this is, you know, so an area that I feel that is quite strong, that we need to, you know, underpin everything that we do in relationship, everything we do in our family with God's love. So... For me, it's not just a four-letter word. Love is the very foundation of all creation. And so this ain't no extraordinary love. You know, when we go to 1 Corinthians 13, we see love laid out there. How many people have read 1 Corinthians 13? How many people have understood 1 Corinthians 13. Is it, is it a type of love that if someone hurts us, you know, we hurt them back? No. Is it a love that one minute I care, next minute I don't? No. These are some of the things that it says in 1 Corinthians. I always print it down because sometimes I'm doing, you know, sessions with the Bible school. And before we go out, and we share about the Good Samaritan story, and everybody knows the Good Samaritan story. It's good to know and it's good to go through what love is and what love isn't. And sometimes we give off this persona that, you know, we can't make mistakes, you know, that people have this perception of us that, you know, we're perfect. None of us are perfect. But we know the God who is our perfecter, right? Because the Bible says, he who began a good work in us will bring it to perfection. When he comes, we will be like him. We will be just like him in his image, in his likeness. So it says in verse 3, it says, If I give uh, everything I owe to the poor and even go to the stake to be burnt as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten no, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt. And that's how I felt many years ago. I felt bankrupt. I felt like, God, what can I do? I don't have anything I think that would be 
substantial to, to, to give to people because I felt broken. I felt what this whole thing that we're discussing today, what has love got to do with it? You know, you have to see love. You have to see love in action. You have to know that you're, uh, you know that you're loved. And so when it goes on to say here, as we go to verse uh, round about five, it says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love does not want what it does not have. Love doesn't strut. And I've often think about what's that strutting around. Maybe it's, it's not being prideful. It's not thinking you're better than somebody else. Love doesn't have a swelled head. It's so easy for people to, to, to think of themselves better than somebody else. And uh, I've been in a ministry that has worked with so many different people, people on the streets, people of all backgrounds, all varieties, and it's so easy to just pass someone by and not pay them any attention. Like, for me, very often, uh, when I've talked to people, it's like, you're the first person who's talked to me all day. Many people have gone by, 50, 60 people gone by, but you stopped and you talked to me. And the way I, the way I see it, I see it that that person is a somebody, that person's not just, um, not, not, not just the, the, the lowest denomination, the, the lowest of the lowest, the poor. And, and they are cared for. They are someone's son, someone's, maybe someone's husband. They're somebody's child, and that we know that they're God's child. And for me, again, it's embracing this knowledge and saying, well, how are we going to change this whole message of love? We don't change God's love, but he wants us to change our attitude to demonstrate his love. So we have a part to play. Um, we see it starts uh, in 1 John, it says, beloved. And I love that because it's important to know that you're actually loved. And so when we're looking to start the journey of relationships, you know, we, I could, you, you could go so much into this subject and I don't think we have enough time by way of introduction, but you yourself may be, you know, sitting there thinking, I could really do with some, somebody just to talk to, somebody just to hear me out, somebody that I could go to and express and no, no, don't feel judged. And I think we need to create an environment where you know, God's love is unconditional. Unconditional means he accepted us just as we are. Just as we are. He loved us first, not we loved him first. And so as we go about our day, our weeks, our months ahead, the challenge is how can we together love one another? Because of our views, maybe the things that we see and things have happened, we are unable to forgive. But I'm presenting to you that if you don't love, then you, then you don't know who God is. You don't know who God is. And if you don't know who God is, the God of love, he's the very bedrock, bedrock of our salvation. It's on him we can 
be secure. And so it's not on sometimes this type of philo love, emotional love that kind of gives up, moves on, you know, you done this to me, I done this to you. You know, there's no reconciliation. If we really want to love, then we have to be reconciled. We have to be forgiving. We have to show mercy. We have to do all of those things that is needed. And so the challenge is now, as we go forward, we need to adjust our attitude, adjust maybe our focus, the way that we see people, the way that we respond to people. I know for about 15 years we run a football academy and uh, one day um, a little boy, he was about eight years old, he said to me, coach, I wish I was dead. And he's eight years old. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, you don't know what you're, what you're saying. You haven't even begun to live and yet you wish you were dead. And then this was because in his house, amongst his family, he felt unloved. He felt uncared for. And uh, we used to meet a lot of people, a lot of families that, you know, children are very sensitive. You know, parents need to be demonstrating their love all the time because otherwise how would they know you know it's easy saying for me to say to my wife I love you and then two minutes later we're having an argument and we're not in union and you know when you hurt as a parent your children hurt they see those things they experience those things and this is what children, what's happening to the children now. When I think about, as, as, as Colleen said, these uh, behavior, these symptoms that are now arising, that's part of what the children are experiencing. And we need to pray for our families. We need to support our families. We need to protect our families. You know, do you agree? Amen. I know you do agree. We need to protect all that God has given us. I had a conversation the other day with um, Pastor Marcelo, and I said, you know, in our house, we take care of everything that God has given us. And why am I saying that? Sometimes me and my grown-up children mess around like children and just messing around on, on the settee. And my wife said, don't mess around on it because you'll break it. We have to look after what God has given us. Well, God has given most of us, many of us, and if you're single and when your husband comes along or your wife comes along, you're going to have to look after her too. Remember, God said to the man, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And for me, I thought, Lord, how am I going to do that? Because when I read passages like this, I knew that I couldn't do it without him. I couldn't be a good husband I couldn't be a good father. Well, what do I know? But one day I was praying and reading the word and the Lord said to me, I will be your father and I will teach you how to father. And I'm so, so blessed to have my confidence in him and not in me. Because sometimes, you know, if you put 
any self-confidence in there, it can lead to a very dangerous place. And I would rather come from the place where it's all about him. And so, coming back to love. It says, love doesn't fly off the handle. Well, I, I suppose this is a very modern translation, but I try to keep it simple in when we're talking about relationship. It doesn't easily get frustrated. And I suppose I'm learning that as I go along, because sometimes I have to admit I get frustrated. Because sometimes you want to see things progress quicker than what they take. You know, everything that in life that we go through, it take, if you put a seed in the ground, it's not just an axe, you're going to get a next morning, you're going to see a, a flower pop up or a tree pop up. It takes time for it to nurture, for it to grow, for it to be loved. And it's the same when God is talking about it doesn't fly off the handle. You're not trying to be pushy. You're not trying to get, you know, force things to happen. You can't force people to grow. They just grow when love is around. So in Hebrews 6 verse 10, there's a verse which says this. For God is not unjust as to overlook your work. And the, and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And some of you have been, like I, have been around ministry for a while and, and been trying to do what God's put in your heart to do, share with people the best you know how to. And for me, you know, I'm not the most eloquent of speakers. I'm not the most uh, skilled, but I know that God has changed my heart. I know that God has put his heart in my heart. And I know that even in the simple things, I, f- I feel God's heart just, just pulsating. And I'm passionate and I'm committed. And these are things that God sees because in a relationship, in a marriage, in a family, we need to stick together. And so the challenge is how are you going to take that out from the church? Because I've always thought that it's great that we're in here. It's great that we're being stirred up. It's great that we're being encouraged. It's great that we're feasting on the word. But if you just feast and eat and eat and eat, guess what happens? Become overweight. You could become lethargic. And you just don't want to move. You become familiar. And I think and truly believe that God is moving us into a time and he's stirring the waters of his word in us all. You know, it says out of your innermost being flows what? Living waters. So you have a wellspring within you and God wants to stir that wellspring today. And I know that you're sitting in and listening and I'm not trying to answer all the questions about what love is and what love isn't, but I can tell you, categorically that God is love and if you really want to hold everything to go, uh, together then he has to be that the love that knits us together and when you make these vows when you make these commitments to God you know he holds you of, uh, uh, you know he holds you responsible for them to do so when we're going out to people maybe it's your neighbors you know we've been we've been 
just praying for our neighbourhood. It's the first time in 30 years, a few months ago, last year, that a young boy, he was only 19, got stabbed on our estate. 30 years of praying for our estate, 30 years of sharing with our neighbours. And uh, he said, we've got to have, we've got to, we're not going to tolerate anybody losing a life again. We're not going to just sit there and not say nothing. And so we began to speak to our neighbours and so we began to reach out to our neighbours, reach out to the young people, reach out to the families, and we're still doing this. You know, it's good to know your neighbour because that's part of the command, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with what? With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your being. Just love him. Just give him everything. And if we do this, then God will move supernaturally. We want God to move supernaturally in this church, in this community, in us all. Father, would you just begin to stir our hearts in this way? Stir the waters in our wells, just like that spring at Cylon when the angel came and stirred. Father, would you just come and stir us all? Father, it's just, it's impossible to do unless you're doing it. Unless you are really stirring us in the way that, Lord, you have always wanted to, and that's for us to demonstrate your love. Families were designed by you. Love was what created us. And it wasn't just a passion, it wasn't a lust, it was truly God's heart, Abba Father, to, to, to form families, to reform relationship, because we do need to demonstrate why we get into so many difficult situations is because we've forgotten about our first love. And if, you, if you're a Christian, the call and the challenge is to to come back to him, say, God, do something in me because there's people who are waiting for me. Outside, your friends, your family, there's people all around us waiting to hear something that is an alternative to what is being presented. So, Father, as we come today, we just ask that you will do that in us. You will stir us in a way that, Father, this is not by any way a full message. But Father, it's something that we know that we have a responsibility. And so it's not just my prayer. I'm not just praying for me. I'm praying for all of us. I'm praying that these baptismal tanks underneath here would be stirred with living waters. When people come back, they'd want to receive Christ. They'd want to, you know, at their own confession, invite him into their lives. Because you do know people will come back. They're already hungry for God. And you may be online, you think, oh, you know, Eddie, I just, uh, I just need the love that you're talking about. And I just want to encourage you, just invite him into this moment, into this second, say, God, would you come into my heart? Would you come and change my life? When I think about marriage and family, I think I've thought about how David felt when he went to fight the giant. It's, you know, this subject is so big, so massive. What, what, will, what, will, what will be our response? How are we going to turn God's love towards humanity? And so the challenge is today, I'm just, 
launching it out there, just launching this passionate plea. I think it's time for us to shine, time for us to rise above the circumstances and and bring a message of hope. You know, God has called you as he called me. You know, I don't consider myself anything special, but I know the one who is special, amen? And so I don't try to go around with any airs of graces or anything other than what God has put inside of me to share. But that's the same challenge to you, the challenge to us today. You know, don't live in fear, live in God, live in his love. God's perfect love, it drives out all fear. You won't be intimidated. You won't feel afraid. You won't have those symptoms that will be what we heard about today because we don't want to be standing still and not demonstrating. 